Join me right now on Kumite TV is undefeated UFC heavyweight Juan Adams. What's going on, Juan? Nothing much, man. Just finished jujitsu practice. How are you? Good, good, man. Uh, the first thing I want to get into is it seems like you have become the boogeyman of the UFC heavyweight division just after one fight because a lot of guys seem like they're do dodging you, man. They're ducking you. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's weird. Um, I wouldn't even call it ducking. They, they just won't fight me. Uh, like I said, it took me five months to get a fight. And uh, um, even once we got this fight, the dude took um, like two or three days to sign the contract. So it was uh, it's a little ridiculous. You know, I've asked to fight Greg Hardy um, before we were in the UFC, actually. I've, I've asked to fight him, and they've kind of been avoiding me. So, you know, I'm just like, I told him, you know, outside of the top five, I'm not, I'll, I'll sign any fight on 10 minutes notice, man. I really don't care. Does it give you kind of a, you know, a boost of confidence that guys are very hesitant to fight you? Even, you know, if you if they are if they were to fight you, they probably want to fight you now rather than later, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, that and that's my logic, you know, if you were somebody that was brought in around the same time as me or another young up and coming prospect or even somebody ranked higher than me, you know, I just signed, so I'm going to be in the company for a while, and I'm only going to get better the more time I'm in here and the more time I devote to training. So statistically, you know, I'm only getting better every day, so the best time to fight me is sooner rather than later. Like, I'm never going to be any worse than I am right now. <laughs> well, you know, you had a successful UFC debut last year. Then the UFC put up a tweet after your fight. The TJ Dillashaw of the heavyweight division. Last year, that's a huge compliment, but now, not so much, man. Yeah, yeah, that tweet definitely did not age well. I actually made a joke about that today. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because it, I get, I've been accused of steroid use since I was an amateur. Uh, you know, even when I was in high school, like right around the time I got my growth spurt, they started testing me in high school. I got to college, the NCAA tested me, first chance they got. I got tested three or four times in college by the NCAA. And now, uh, you know, for my first LFA, my first pro fight with LFA, they tested me. My contender series fight, I got tested. And then for um, uh, my UFC fight, uh, even for my fight in UFC Milwaukee, I got, as soon as I got to the arena, I got tested. So it's, um, you know, it. Yeah, I guess it's a compliment. Uh, they, they think that uh, I'm not natural, so that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I'm always going to make a joke about it, but, uh, it, you know, it's just funny to me at this point. Um, but, yeah, the, the TJ Dillashaw comparison, hopefully um, I live up to the positive and not the negative, you know? Definitely. Well, you know, he did get busted for EPO and got a two-year suspension by USADA. You know, EPO is known as one of the most effective PEDs out there. Is the suspension long enough? Right. Um, honestly, for we don't know how long he's been using it. I think for a first offense of something of that magnitude, a two-year ban is, uh, I think it is long enough. Um, and I think during that ban, you know, he needs to be tested regularly, obviously. But for me, it's, you know, it, there just needs to be something uh, – there needs to be some consistency. Like, marijuana, which is widely renowned as, like, it, it doesn't increase your performance, you know. It 
it might help you sleep better after a hard day of training, you know, be a little less sore, be good for pain management. But statistic, like, well, based on the research we know, it doesn't make you a better athlete. And, uh, you know, to give someone like Nick Diaz a five-year ban for marijuana and then only get a two-year ban for epistarone or uh, EPO, erythropoietin, uh, something like that, uh, for, for that, you know, Lance Armstrong was stripped of all of his Tour de France's when he tested positive for that. So a two-year ban, I think, as long as he comes back clean and continues to, you know, be clean from this point forward, I think that's effective. Um, but also it, it depends on how the UFC is going to, you know, punish him also. Is he going to come right back and get a title shot? Is he going to, you know, have to work his way up again? We really don't know, so it only time will tell. Yeah, I think in that two years, a lot of people forget who TJ Dillashaw is. You know how the sport goes. If you don't fight, right. nobody cares about what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's turn you know the attention to your upcoming fight at UFC Ottawa. You're taking on Arjun Buller. He has a decent record, eight and one. What are your thoughts on him and his run so far in the UFC? Um, unremarkable. Uh, it's the uh, best word I can use for it. Uh, none of his fights stand out to me. I never watched him fight. My coaches watch his film. I haven't. <laughs> I don't like to watch film with my opponents. I just think about what I'm going to do to them. I, I listen to the cues from my coaches. They tell me what to look out for. And uh, I just go from there. But, you know, he's you obviously have to respect his record a little bit. Respect that he's been there a long time. He, respect that he's been a competitor for a long time. But, from a physical standpoint, I just don't think he matches up with me uh, in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to walk in in the cage 40 pounds heavier than him. I'm going to have a 5- to 6-inch height advantage, a 6-inch reach advantage, and uh 8-inch leg reach advantage. So it just it doesn't bode well for him. I think I'm a different level of athlete than he is. Um, you know, I don't think he's a power athlete. I don't think he's a strength-based athlete. He's um, His cardio is the, you know, a lay-and-pray style or a lucky punch is the only chance he really has to beat me. So I th- I'm very happy about the matchup. Uh, obviously, respect him as an opponent, respect him as a pioneer uh, for the sport and, you know, what he's doing. He's um, one of the first uh, fighters of Indian descent to actually, you know, fight first person to wear a turban uh, to the weigh-in. So... Uh, you have to respect what he's done and what he's doing for his people and all that. But, you know, when we step in that cage, it's me versus him and, you know, accolades don't really matter. It's all about what you're bringing that night. You know, with the respect and, of course, you have, you know, confidence going into this fight. If you could give him a compliment on his skill set, what would the compliment be? Um, it's effective. You know, I'll, I'll give him that compliment. It's effective. Um, his takedowns do look crisp. They do look clean. So I'll give him that compliment as well. But uh, that's, that's about where it stops for me. All right, let's talk about your training camp. How has that been going? You know, I know you cut down to get it to 265. Has that been going easily? Uh, I mean, a cut's never easy. Cutting 30 pounds is never uh, an easy feat. Um, but, you know, I'm about 285 right now, walking around to between 285 and 288. So we're going to keep that up, and it's going well. The diet is – it's stressful, you know. For me to get down to 285, I need to be on about 2,000 to 2,500 calories a day. Uh, more often, it's closer to 2,000 than 2,500. So 
it's it's tough um, only consuming that much food in a day, but. And obviously the workouts are intense. Uh, I just finished my third workout of the day, so that's uh, that's that's been a struggle. But you know, this is a full time job. This is my career now, so I just have to make the most of it. Are you counting the calories yourself, or are you having someone help you out with that? Because I know it's very stressful, man. It is. Um, my strength and conditioning and athletics coach. Uh, he's also like uh, he'll also be in my corner for the fight, but. He's a double major, right? He's about to graduate, actually. So, um, actually, my fights, the, the the day we get back from the fights, he has finals that week. So, but he's graduating this year with a double major in um, exercise science, exercise physiology and human nutrition. So, he does me. He shows, like, all the food. Um, he showed me how to cook all the food. So, I do cook the food myself. But all the calories and stuff are monitored by him, and what I actually what actually goes into my body is monitored by him very closely. You're very active on social media. Have you ever thought about you know making a little mini cooking show, you know, during camp, show everybody what you're doing? Not really, because I I mean I cuss a lot when I cook, and I mess I mess things up quite a bit, so I don't want to put that out there. And you know, also it's weird. I have to be really active, but I don't want to show people too much of what I do day to day. Cause I don't want people copying me, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, is there anything, uh, you focused on in particular in this camp? Uh, we really focused on power production and muscular endurance this camp. So, you know, there were some questions. I, I had a little bit of an adrenaline dump last fight. They kind of saw me take my foot off the gas a little bit. We don't want to do that this time, you know. We don't want there to be any question on my cardio or what kind of shape I'm in. So there was that. But other than that, you know, I, I focused a little bit more on my wrestling. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I've, I've wrestled for 14 years now. So it's not something that's new to me, something that I don't understand. I wrestled at a very high level. But you can always get better at something. So the big goal of this camp is just to be – better at something every workout we're focusing on something and all around we just want to get better overall we never want to get to a point where we're coasting after your last fight you talked about you know some issues with your contacts you didn't know that you were you could not wear contacts in the fight did you get the lasik surgery after the last fight i got uh, i got prk which is a different form of laser correction but um it's sanctioned in all states to fight with uh, with LASIK, there's some sanctions or some bodies that won't let you fight with it. But with PRK is pretty much universally accepted, so you can fight with that. So I got that surgery um, two weeks after my fight, actually, or three weeks after my fight, I got that surgery. And I've been good ever since. My vision's, uh, it still fluctuates a little bit. Some days it's 2020, some days it's 2015 or better because uh, they're not fully healed yet, but they're at a point where I can get hit and not tear up and my cornea won't be damaged at all. So that's good. Uh, we've been, I got the clear, I got cleared for contact uh, at two weeks after the surgery. So it should have been smooth sailing and getting getting used to it from there. It must be such a relief now, you know, you don't have to worry about putting in contacts. Because I, I've used contacts before, too, and it's just a hassle. It's just, like, irritating. Uh, yeah, no, that, that definitely, uh, it was frustrating before. They would fall out during sparring. They fell out in some of my fights, actually. <laughs> so, having a, 
being able to wake up and just see every morning driving isn't a hassle. Occasionally, I have to put, you know, some moisturizing drops in my eye. What is new is allergies. Uh, <laughs> with the allergies and the pollen in there in Houston, it's been crazy. Like, first time my eyes really gotten puffy or, like, you know, I've, I've had the dry eyes or the itchy eyes from allergies. So, it's a new set of problems, but they're good problems to have. We spoke after your Contender Series fight, and you were single and ready to bingle. But then after your last fight, your debut, you said that you had a girlfriend. Has that affected you in a positive way during this camp? Uh, I would say so. Um, it, it's where there's, you know, being single, there's, it's uh, pretty stress-free at times. You know, it's one of those things where, like, ah, if I want to deal with a chick, I deal with a chick. If not, I just train. Um only thing now, it makes me a lot more conscientious of my time. It forces me to schedule things better. And, um, but you know, it is, it is good. It's a, it's a relief in some ways. Cause, uh, you know, there's that consistency, you know, and with this thing with, with fighting or with anything, you kind of, the more consistency and more regimented you can have everything, the better it is. So it's it's been a, a big relief and it's definitely affected me positively. It uh it's helped the weight cut a lot actually because um sure don't like it when I get too fat so I gotta keep my weight down <laughs> closer to fight weight so that's been that's been a positive. <laughs> you know your octagon jitters are gone now. Do you expect a much more devastating and quicker finish in this fight? Definitely, I definitely do. Um, I don't know how tough he is. Like, like the saying goes, everyone has a plan until you get hit in the face. So, we'll see how it goes. But I do expect it to be more devastating uh, this time around. I don't know about necessarily faster. That uh, how fast it goes depends on you know how much damage the opponent can take and when the referee decides to step in. But I'm in much better shape uh, this time around. I feel a lot physically stronger um, and a lot more explosive. And so. And also, I'm not nervous. You know, my last fight, I, I was having a lot more nerves going into it. This time, I'm, I'm not really experiencing any of that. Now, let's turn our attention to the UFC heavyweight division. Daniel Cormier, he's calling for Brock Lesnar again. He's He wants that fight badly. Brock, he's also a known cheater, and he's not an active fighter. Chase, you know, people understand that you you want to chase the money fight, but is DC holding up the division and this this sport at this point? I don't think so. Uh, you know, it, he is holding up the division in a way, but at the same time, you know, he beat the champ, and there's so many, there's no clear number one contender right now. Um, Curtis, uh, I thought Curtis Blades was going to be next in line, but Stipe hasn't fought since their fight. He's due for a fight, so... You know, and then with JDS coming back into it, him and Nganu, and Nganu getting back on a winning path, uh, winning program. Uh, Derek Lewis is in. Volkov is suspended. Derek Lewis had knee surgery, so that's two guys out right there. But between the return of JDS, uh, Francis Nganu coming back, and Curtis also just picking up another win, that's three or four guys right there that we don't really know who deserves an outright shot right now. So. While they fight it out, uh, I don't think DC's done anything wrong by not defending a title when there's really no one to defend against. Uh, the UFC's made it clear they don't want to give Stipe Miocic a rematch at that weight, so um, he needs to fight again to earn another title shot, which I don't think that was 100% fair to Stipe because he, he went a while being the champ, but 
at the same time, you know, you can't really force these things. Uh, you can keep asking, keep asking, and he's being continuously told no. If they want to bring in revenue and, you know, make a big fight, get more eyes on the sport, um, that's good, you know, because that, that means other fighters get paid more. So it, it's good and bad. It's bad in the sense that, you know, it sets a precedent for – for people not really earning a title shot, it's such a precedent for the rankings not mattering, and it doesn't really lean towards a true meritocracy. But at the same time, you know, it's a business, so you got to treat it like that. Stipe, he has been holding out for a long time now. You know, he only wants the DC fight. Do you think that's a huge mistake on his behalf? Because he's only getting older, and he might never get that shot. Yeah, I do think it's a huge mistake because DC's made it pretty clear he's retiring after one more fight, and he's also made it clear that he's going to hold out for a money fight. Stipe versus DC isn't a money fight. Uh, all Stipe is really doing is decreasing his stock right now. It's one of those things where it's a gamble, and if it pays off, great, but it's been pretty clear that it's not going to pay off. So if anyone's holding the division up, I would say it's Stipe more so than DC. Um Stipe could have gone out and really, in the time that's been, he could have fought two, possibly even three times already and reestablished himself as the clear number one contender. But he didn't do that. And so as, as going into it, he's on a, he's on a one-fight losing streak right now. He lost his last fight. So that doesn't really bode well or increase your chances for a title shot. All right. One last thing before I let you go. You know, you're deep into camp. You know, who are the artists that you listen to to kind of get you revved up? You know, when you're riding around in your car, who are you bumping? Uh, that's weird. Right now, I'm listening to a lot of uh, Disney Disney playlists. Uh, and then uh, K.O. The Conspiracy, actually. Um, he wrote my walkout song. So I always uh, I, I listen to him a lot during the last few weeks of camp. Um, I have a playlist called Fight Camp. It's the same 51 songs. Um and I and every now and then I'll take one out and add one in there, but that one's just a weird mix. It's got like Disney, it's got a little bit of um it's got some Disney, a little bit of Taylor Swift. I just had to delete all the R. Kelly off of there. That sucks. <laughs> um, and it's tough because there's some songs I don't even realize are R. Kelly. I'll be driving, I'm like, oh damn, I got a next one. But uh there's a little bit there's even some Nicki Minaj on there. So uh I've got a really wide variety, uh, a lot of Michael Jackson. So all right, man. Well, May 4th, you return to the Octagon UFC on ESPN Plus 8 in Ottawa, Canada. Thank you, Juan, for your time, and uh, good luck to you, sir. No problem, man. Thank you. Have a good one.